Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today on Pod Me If You Can, we're taking both a request and uh, one we almost covered in a previous episode. We, we talked about Crispin Glover's Simon Says, a horror film, Lloyd, that uh, you discussed on the YouTube fan page. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the first thing we had to say at the head of that video was that it was not the Simon Says starring Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook. I had no idea Dane Cook was in this movie. And um, all I did beforehand, before watching this Simon Says with a Z, uh, is look on IMDb and it's 2.4 on IMDb and 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which Did, did you know the film was directed by Kevin Elders? His other film includes um, Jane Doe with Terry Hatcher. Yes, which we also <laughs> covered on, um, on YouTube. We, we have a page on YouTube to accompany the podcast and basically what we do is we find obscure films with famous stars in them and we discuss them. And uh, we've covered a lot of different films. There's uh, almost 50 up there now. So um, instead of doing Simon Says as a video, we thought we would really just take our time unpacking this film and the atrocious mess that it is. Um, 2.4 on IMDb is not positive. 0% on Rotten Tomatoes is not positive. <laughs> but if you are looking forward to seeing Simon Says and you've waited from 1999 to 2014... Uh, guys, we're going to do spoilers in this episode. We always discuss films with spoilers in mind, so check out Simon Says before listening to the rest of the podcast. Kevin Elders, just on that, the director who directed Jane Doe with Terry Hatcher, uh, he has only directed those two films. He managed to get Simon Says going, and then somebody gave him a chance with Jane Doe, and that was the end of his career as a director. Which is interesting. This, this film... I really want to read the back of the box to you guys because Lloyd and I both purchased Simon Says on DVD. I got mine in a 10-pack or 20-pack of action movies, so mine doesn't have any information on it. Okay, mine, uh, mine's just the film on its own. Uh, it's probably an ex-rental copy. I got it on eBay. NBA superstar Dennis Rodman is packing heat and looking cool as he takes on the bad guys in this sexy, high-caliber thriller. He's Simon, an Interpol agent going undercover to track down a deadly terrorist and rescue a beautiful girl. He's an expert marksman, a martial arts master, and when he talks, people listen. P.S. He doesn't talk much. And for a thing called Simon Says, you really think that the guy would have some kind of wit or be able to speak well, be eloquent. The amount of times Dennis Rodman just kind of mumbles through his lines... I, I don't think uh, many of the uh, listeners uh, have e have ever watched this film or are going to watch it, so it's very important that we had given that blurb away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let me give you a tiny bit more. He's caught in a deadly game of espionage and murder, and it will take all of his talent to survive. Of course, this is the talent he has as an expert marksman, martial arts, mar martial arts master, and when he talks, people listen. That's... That's the talent he's got. But yeah, he's look. like James Bond, but I, I haven't seen Double Team in a long time. But when I saw this movie and he had the monks, like as his seconds, like as his Alfred doing all the gadget stuff, uh, I thought for a second that, oh, this is the same character in Double Team where he teamed up with um, Jean-Claude Van Damme to take down Mickey Rourke. But I'm looking at, like, I couldn't find any information to support that, but I'm looking at Double Team right now on IMDb, and it's got De Dennis Rodman's character, his name is Yaz, yep. so it's not Simon, so I don't know, maybe no. that, yeah. The, the link is the producer, the same producer produced Double Team, Maximum Risk, and Simon Says. Yep. Uh, that's, that's where they've 
they've gone. This feels like a tax write-off. The um, <laughs> the first thing I want to say is Dennis Rodman was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award as Worst New Star of the Decade. And I really would love to quote something I found on IMDb and the message boards from C Finde, C-F-I-N-D-E was the username. Not a movie, a disgrace. They shouldn't charge to see this. They should pay you to sit through it. Sickening and inept. Nothing good to say about it. So just trying to save you from wasting dollars and time. He is a ridiculous caricature of a character, in my opinion. I just, it's this absolutely, I should say, falls into the so bad it's good category. Um, You know, there are worse ways to spend 90 minutes, but each scene feels so over the top and ridiculous. It's like as if they were seeing if anyone would notice this movie existed. I don't know. If he's such a good martial, martial arts kind of master, he can wear these two nose rings that will never be in any danger from being pulled from his face. He is the most conspicuous looking 007 type agent. <laughs> he, um, you know, people have seen Dennis Rodman photos and so forth, but to accompany the tattoos and the bleached hair and the earrings and nose rings, he wears like a bright yellow, uh, motorcycle suit in some scenes. Yep. So he's even more obvious, isn't he? Yeah. It almost echoes, uh, Bruce, on, it's not um, Bruce Lee uh, in a movie because I, I I actually haven't seen too many Bruce Lee movies other than Enter Bruce, the Dragon. Bruce Lee, yeah, he does wear it, um, and it's also Kill Bill. That's where it's... yeah, I was thinking of Kill Bill, but uh, I remember Tarantino saying it was a huge uh, throw uh, inspiration from Bruce Lee. Enter the Dragon, I think. Um, I think Dennis Rodman looks more like a yellow Power Ranger here. <laughs> but. but um, <laughs> Did you enjoy the look of all these villains? You love straight-to-video action films. Yeah, I I actually uh, um, thought long about this uh, review. Uh, I'll talk about the positives of this film first. Like, I like some of the design of the bad guys. It was pretty interesting. Like, they were like street hoodlums, almost like Joker's men, where they had makeup on their eyes and stuff like that. Like, it looked weird, but they were like clown henchmen, um, with and they were armed with various weapons of machine guns and everything. And there was like a second layer to the hierarchy of the villains like guys in suits um and things like that and there was a bald head martial arts guy <laughs> so they were like cartoons really yeah they were like cartoons like just expendable guys that got beat up and shot I, and i actually like some of the um choreography to the martial arts uh, i like i love the fight scene that turns into a sex scene with strobe lights uh it's very fi- uh, primal and it's choreographed like a dance it's really stupid how the romance is built in this movie i think there's two pairs of romance um you got claire and oh, what's the guy's name? I don't know. The handsome Italian guy. <laughs> yeah, the son. Sure. Yeah, so the young couple, and then you got Dennis Rodman falling in love with an Amazonian-like girl. Like they've obviously had a history together, and um, you know it's like a will they, won't they, and they're sort of like Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, with uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. How it's like that they're both assassins, sort of thing. Uh, it's pretty. <laughs> I think it's done to death personally. They really emphasize Den- Dennis Rodman's uh, physicality. Like for example someone who's much smaller like they're very good at martial arts and they try to jump on him like jump kick and he just simply picks him up and throws him because he's so huge and then he uses his arm length to keep people at bay that, that was pretty interesting like uh, some some of the fight choreography to this was pretty cool and i love a lot of the 
bike choreography as well, the stunts. Um, I, I think they were almost world class, like people going out of windows and jumping over explosions. But then they intercut it with really, really bad CGI. Like if they, oh, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Like you, you had moments where you go, wow, they actually threw someone out a window and they're like falling into, you know, nothing, uh, falling into like a, you know, a crowd or the ground. And then they just intercut it with really awful CGI. It's just like, why did you go to that? Why, why even use it? You know, I thought well, that was. But really- the falling, I'll just say the falling the guy falls forward <laughs> out of the window and then it cuts to a dummy and then when it cuts <laughs> to the other side of him he's falling backwards yeah so that was even the continuity in this film is ridiculous yeah, That's yeah. one of the most frustrating continuity i had to rewind a couple of times and go no, <laughs> no my favorite of which the fat monk who we'll get into in a second He's uh, being pushed backwards onto a bridge and he goes, holds the railing from behind. <laughs> that scene was terrible. Railing, he, he's holding the railing and he falls backwards over the bridge and his arms rotate 360 <laughs> degrees in their sockets because of the way they edit it. And then he's hanging on to the railing, but it's so impossible and ridiculous. Oh boy. Have you seen Major League 2 or any of the Major Leagues, a baseball movie? Not lately. Well, in the second one, it's after... Because the first movie's all about a team that's pretty low and somehow, through all their eccentricities, they make it to the finals and win. Uh, It's a really great, funny... It's a comedy movie with Tom Berenger and and so forth. And the second one is all about, like, how they're all stars now and stuff. Charlie Sheen's having mental issues. and, and But one of them... Um, he became a, a movie action star and he invites them, well, come watch the trailer to my movie. And they're watching it. It's terrible. It's like Simon says, the action's so ridiculous. It's like the worst action movie. And they're all watching it, like going, oh my gosh. And, you know, the, the guy starring it is like going, yeah, how awesome was that, huh? And they're like, oh my gosh. I can picture Dennis Rodman showing Simon Says to his basketball friends. And they're all just like embarrassed about not saying anything. Oh, yeah, it's good, man. Good job. <laughs> Look, if I can get the positives of this film out of the way, I imagine that when they're working on the film, you know, they really got to go to the south of France or somewhere, yeah. you know, like the scenery is nice. Yeah, the yeah the locations are wonderful, like the streets. And again, there's a bike chase in the streets of this, you know, medieval-like um, city in, in um, where was the film? The- oh, France. I don't know France, exactly where, Brussels, sorry. I don't know. Yeah, but you get to see some cool action scenes there. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Um, the other thing is, I mean, you're watching this film and it's everything about it is so unrealistic and the plot was so hard to get into because they're after this disc that it's pretty meaningless and, like, in the scheme of things, his ultimate plan, this Ashton, who's this cartoony villain who has a super annoying voice, his ultimate plan is to set up this laser and destroy the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And by putting in the disc, which I guess is a program, Lloyd, yep. is that what it was? I guess, Could yeah. He- wasn't really clear but he puts in this disc that he's after the whole movie and then his laser can then work and he's created an animated version of himself on the computer to talk to him and tell him things about the laser and <laughs> the voice of the animated cartoon i thought was so annoying and, he, more and annoying. they never use a mouse as well it's always rapid keyboard buttons you know <laughs> yeah yeah and the reason he wants to destroy the eiffel tower is just because it's there and it's annoying him and then he thinks people will pay him to destroy things yeah which is a really bizarre plan because he it it all hinges on him needing this massive laser to do it. So as soon as he's done it once, they're going to figure out where the laser is and destroy it. The, the, the end. The villain uh, was really poorly cast in this film. Like they they could have 
got away with it if they cast someone I don't know like you know like Matt Dillon in uh, There's Something About Mary how he just took that performance to a really comedic level like they, they yeah. could have done something with that just so the film is self-aware of its stupidity but I think this guy tried hard like to to be a psychotic he guy was, yeah he was very much trying to be like the Joker yeah and I think it didn't really work. I would have personally loved to have seen more of, like, you know, see the grizzly general who's kind of older. Yeah. I think, uh, like, a bitter war-torn kind of guy who who was after the coordinates or something mm. of something, you know, that he already had the laser all set up and ready to go. He just needed positions of military bases or something. Um, but it's just so random to be like, yeah, I'm just going to destroy the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> you know? I just... I thought... Um, Poor uh, Dane Cook in this film well, as a supporting this character. Thing, like a, a lot of the comedy was hit and miss. Like a Ooh. lot of it missed. Like I'd say ninety eight percent of it missed. And I like Dane Cook. I think he's really funny. Um, I, I'm actually uh, uh, before this podcast, I was trying to listen to the Joe Rogan episode where he was in. Uh, Dane Cook was um, uh, was in, and uh, but I, I didn't get all the way through with it. And I don't think they'd mention Simon Says. I think Dane Cook has tried to bury it forever. But um, <laughs> I, I think um, a lot of the actors were given a lot of freedom with their lines and everything like that. And I, I think Dane Cook sometimes got a hit with it. And but the Tyrannosaurus Rex scene was like, Oof. oh, that was so hard to watch. Like, can you describe that for the people who haven't seen the film? <laughs> well, he um, there's like a Mexican standoff. Uh, Dane Cook, this girl uh, who's a super agent martial artist and Dennis Rodman and he uh, manages to get a gun and he's like don't mess with me I'll, I'll T-Rex I'll do a T-Rex on you and then for like I don't know seemed like 20 minutes he's doing his impression of a dinosaur and it's so bizarre like the, the camera goes to those that wide angle lens and it takes forever for him to you know to, to it to get to the punchline where the girl simply just kicks him away and he falls over and yep. I, I guess Dan, uh, Dane Cook would have suggested that oh I can do this but the editor, um, as you said, this movie's very, very poorly edited, just didn't have any discipline to cut a lot of that down. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun seeing the monks and Dane Cook, like, all joke around and stuff like that, but they should have just cut the crap out of that, just leave it as little bits of comedy rather than focus on it, like, where they're all dancing, where they're constantly saying throwaway lines. It just got so annoying. Dane Cook not only does a dinosaur impression where it's single camera at him doing this weird dinosaur impression he also does a chewbacca impression he also <laughs> does a he has a line where he says what am i your dog and then he starts barking like a dog and uh the but my favorite bit of rubbish improvisation that dane cook definitely gets crap for this kind of stuff he's um lying down and he gets woken up but it's, he says he was having a dream about Drew Barrymore playing Monopoly. <laughs> and he just starts thrusting violently into this um, sofa or whatever he goes, he's sleeping oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then he wakes up and goes, oh, man, why'd you wake me? I was having this dream of Drew Barrymore. We were having a hell of a game of Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just like, what? And just the way he was thrusting himself up and down. Yeah. What, it, what about that terrible scene where the car... 
um, where they run the car out of the cliff. And it wasn't a bad car chase sequence. It was a typical straightforward car chase sequence. And then the car runs off the edge of a cliff and then the parachute yeah. comes out and it's the worst CGI. So this car is up up in the air with this parachute gliding down towards the beach. And it looks so bad. But I like when the lines Dennis Rodman goes, oh, hey, I can see my house from here. And the dead cook goes, yeah, you need to do paint job or something like that. But that's just the way he said it was fantastic. <laughs> Oh, yes, terrible. The the idea of that is how would they steer the car down to the beach I, as well? I don't know. Because it's heading out towards the ocean, but then they land on the beach like 90 degrees to the left kind of thing. Oh, did, oh. Didn't he gag her with a potato? Um, yes. Th- they grab the girl and they chuck her into the car. Like they're rescuing her, but she doesn't know that. She thinks she's being kidnapped. And they're running away from the bad guys. And then, <laughs> and then um, Dennis Rodman looks down during amidst the car chase because you gagged her with a potato because she's going oh he goes yeah i I tried to use grapes but she kept eating them (laughs) a lot of this movie feels like they said what sets do we have available what props do we have available great that's what we'll use you know it'd be good here a car chase yeah what about some parachutes that the car could glide to the beach yeah (laughs) nobody said no to anything in this now the monks let's talk about the monks there's a, a black monk with glasses who's kind of cool and then there's a hugely chubby guy who is a little bit like Nathan Lane, uh, who's the voice of Timon in The Lion King. Um, His name is John Panetti, I think? Yeah, yeah. they they felt like they were far too over the top. And also, I don't understand why... Like, initially I was like, wait, are they monks or are they undercover? You know, are they... Are they actually? They're actually monks. They're running a monastery or a church their or whatever. Name is, their names are Micro and Macro. Ugh, yeah, but they're also working for Dennis Rodman, who says at the beginning he's retired when he's super cool playing bocce with old people. Um, it's it's confusing that it isn't ever clarified what they're all doing. Are they really working for Interpol? Because he says he's retired right at the beginning. He doesn't do that anymore, which makes it really weird when Dane Cook comes in at the beginning and he pretends to know Dennis Rodman and he basically says, come on, hang out with terrible Dane Cook for two hours like most of Dane Cook's movies and not a good way to spend two hours. And then Dennis Rodman goes with him, gets caught in this like exchange. And then for some reason decides to keep their motivations are all very complicated. He decides to keep helping Dane Cook, even though he's retired and there's no point and there's you know, no reason for him to be attached to this at all. Then later when Dane Cook's boss, who's hired him to get his daughter back, Dane Cook's boss fires him and goes and does the exchange himself. Shouldn't Dane Cook stop being in the movie then? <laughs> no. He has no interest. He has no love interest, right? Yep. He's not going to be with the girl. He's got no purpose to continue being in here at all. He's no motivation. And yet he continues, I guess, because of how the movie ends for him. Whew. Uh, Oh, he he does more than become him, doesn't he? The aftermath of this is Dennis Rodman is such a role model that Dane Cook now has the exact same outfit, motorbike, goatee, nose piercings, neck tattoo, and he's gradually changing his hair colour to look more like the retired Interpol agent who plays bocce in France. Yeah. So he just feels like he's going through an identity crisis or something. It was just... <laughs> well, wasn't he getting paid by the father of Claire? Well, he was employed by him. But he gets fired. Yeah. At which point he should stop caring about it. And it's not like he's interested in the girl. Yeah. She's not his love interest. He has no reason to continue. 
Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I took real issue with the voice of God scene. Dane Cook comes to the church and he's like talking to God. And uh, the two monks pretend to be God and tell him to jump and dance. Yeah, they're talking like, like over a PA system that he thinks is ugh. the voice of God, yeah. And they have a security camera set up in a downward angle that points down at what Dane Cook is looking up at. So it's as if they've set up a camera for anyone who goes and tries to talk to this statue of Jesus. And I don't know why they would have that camera angle in the church at all, but he's such a dummy like dancing it's and doing the running man and stuff it's just frustrating yeah i know i I think again that came from improv and it should have been just cut down like cut straight like he hears the voice of god and then they just tell him to go down this um hall and then he falls down it or whatever into the monk's um layer but uh, it just uh, a lot of the comedy just was stretched out too too far did you find that the robotic flies really didn't pay off (laughs) no at the beginning of the movie there's uh scene where you're following a cgi fly and it's like a little robotic fly that the monks are working with pretty impressive for 1999 (laughs) sure and then later on later on in the secret hideout um there's a fire and the fire and like the guys destroy the hideout these clown goons and they destroy this really big fly that's like the size of a computer like a a laptop computer yeah i think that was a model for it Okay, well, I was like, I don't know what that's for, and that's obviously not conspicuous at all. Um, and then later on, Dennis Rodman tells these monks to go back to the hideout, and I'm, I'm thinking, wasn't it destroyed? Like, they haven't rebuilt it yet. Everything about this film feels like it was shot out of order and edited by a blind man. And then um, they've got a fly towards the end. Every time they have a fly and they use it, it just gets crushed. It doesn't really pay off. Yeah, what did it do at the end of the climax? It just annoyed the guy for a brief second. Yes, exactly. Which is a lot like this movie. <laughs> just annoyed us for a brief bit. Look, the the love interests in this film, besides Dennis Rodman and his European spy girl, there's um, the daughter who doesn't know she's been kidnapped, is hanging out with this guy, and they're basically... He's doing like gymnastics on the beach, where he's doing like Olympic-style gymnastics did you see that yeah yeah oh i find that everyone in the background doesn't react to anything whether it's a guy who's almost kicking them in the head doing gymnastics whether it's like a car chase a shootout there is no presence of police at all no one ever gets called to anything it's just constant they're in their own little world yeah she says isn't the point of an exchange program to go to a new school for a semester, meet the girl of your dreams, and then transfer permanently? Oh, lines like this made the film terrible. <laughs> Gagging a potato because she kept eating the grapes. Oh, how bad was the um, you know, the father of uh, Claire? Every time it cut to him, he's in some big office talking on a mobile phone. You could obviously tell that was like a, a green screen in the background. Like, yep. it just looks so bad. Just like, well, couldn't you just shoot that in an office? Like, seriously, like, that's so weird why you would use green screen or blue screen there. They they really struggle because the um, some effects are natural, like uh, Dennis Rodman's car goes up on two wheels, yeah. you know, and it's driving along. A- and a lot car. of the explosions were natural as well. They didn't have CGI explosions, which was pretty impressive, except for <laughs> the last scene with the whole... Um, the whole place blows up like the bad guy's lair. The model of it blows up. 
<laughs> that looks like then that hero shot where he's walking away from it with a CGI fire behind yeah. him. <laughs> it's just the like most what, obvious you use CGI practical fire. effects for so, for a lot of the stunt scenes. Why couldn't you use it for like the main scene? Is that where you need, tell when you, you run out of it money? It would have been a, it would have been a better movie with all practical effects. Oh because, yeah. Oh, there is a bit where he's driving along on his motorbike towards some people in a tunnel. And then it cuts to a shot where he's driving literally upside down up the wall of yeah. the tunnel. And it's physically, like, the physics of it are insane. It's just impossible. <laughs> and so in between, like, these ridiculous things that you're just like, wait, what? You know? <laughs> there are these natural effects that aren't too bad, you yeah. know? Like, his car didn't need to go up on two wheels. No. That was, like, a trick, which it did. But... It didn't need to do the parachute thing at all. Mm, yeah. <laughs> would have been probably better in that scene if they had just hopped out, like jumped out of the car before it went off the cliff. Yeah. And then had the car destroy at the bottom, explode, whatever. And they would have been like, that was close. Yep. You know? I don't know. Anything else. It just felt like that parachute thing was the real jump the shark moment of the film. <laughs> there was all no right, going talk- back. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Dennis Rodman's acting because it's, it's not his profession he's an nba former nba player so how did you find his acting i was pretty bad um i I liked the character was really friendly like he'd smile and laugh and joke and he was always out to do the right thing um it's just so i like that about the character but that's about it he's as two-dimensional as anything you can get and dennis rodman just i don't know just um while physically he's a really interest he, he makes really interesting fight scenes he's just are really like he's just not an actor so you, I, I guess just using his stardom from from you know from basketball and his outside life with uh dating beautiful stars such as uh what, didn't he marry carmen electra for a time? yeah carmen electra is the only one i'm aware of yeah so i guess with all that it attracts people to see the movie like oh it would be interesting to see rodman in an action movie but i, I just don't know why why that's a smart i don't know it's just such a dumb thing to do <laughs> like i said it seems like a tax thing where they're trying to hide money because i can't find the budget of this film anywhere. no me either i looked for that as well yeah and it feels like they were just like well if we make this movie and say it costs this much we'll disappear this much money you know just yeah because double team was the launch and that film was done i think in 995 no 997 and that was like the launch of his okay he's he's alongside john claude van damme there's mickey rourke in it and um you know it wasn't a great movie but had one of the best climax ever <laughs> like the best action scene at the end oh it was awesome with mickey rourke and the tiger and jean claude van damme it's really cool um and dennis rodman was noticeably really bad in that movie you know so i think um mm. simon says was the last and you know, like uh, of him starring in a movie, giving it one last shot. Because I'm looking at his IMDb. He starred in a lot of. Uh, he's in a lot of movies, but not the not necessarily the star. I don't think. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think Simon Says is a good calling card <laughs> for getting a future gig. I mean, the, honestly, the amount of like just mumbly lines he has. There's one line where he calls Dane Cook Dane. In yeah, it just seems like he's reading his lines off off camera. <laughs> Um, there was a scene I want to just unpack a little bit. The colonel uh, is hanging there with a grenade fisted behind his back. And um, he's tied up, hanging in the middle of an empty-ish room. And I had to rewind and check if the colonel had been killed in the previous scene. Because there was a scene where they shoot at him. And I was like, okay, that guy's dead now. 
but I'm guessing he didn't die, but there was an explosion. <laughs> Honestly, it was the continuity was terrible. So, the colonel, who Dennis Rodman does not care about at all, is hanging there uh, with a grenade behind his back, and Ashton the villain shoots him, and so he dies then, and he drops the grenade, which previously Dennis Rodman had never seen. <laughs> Dennis Rodman dives for it instinctively, catches it, and throws it back even though he didn't know it was there at all. <laughs> that, that was an interesting setup. Why would you put the general hanging from the top, who Dennis Rodman doesn't really know of, and then threaten exactly. going, um, otherwise I'm going to shoot him? You who know? cares about that guy? Yeah, exactly. it's like, uh, okay, you can shoot him, I guess. Yeah, but interesting setup. Like It's like, a, as you say, um, the, the Joker setting up a trap for Batman, although we don't know anything of the person who's tied up and about to die. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it could have been someone with a bag over their head, and then there would have been at least some intrigue, and then it turned out to be the gen- the colonel or yep. whatever, but, but it was just nothing. Ugh. Not the worst action scene, though. For me, the very best one that defies physics and everything, it's the sliding down the pole escape scene, Lloyd. Now, this, this is pretty amazing. He uh, goes out a window, and he jumps five, ten feet, let's say, to the, out, out of this window to a pole. He holds onto the pole with his thighs while he's sliding down the pole at impossible speed and shooting his gun, which is unnecessary because the people at the top won't be able to hit him anyway, as he leans upside down towards spikes, yep. which are at the bottom of the pole, and then throws himself onto an awning, only just cutting his shirt open and leaving a little line on his <laughs> chest uh, from the spikes. And like, yeah, lives, just gets up gets going you know that that was amazing i had to rewind it and just go what just happened (laughs) because oh insanity just each scene worse than the last yeah that was pretty bad for me the worst fight scene was the scene in the bridge just with uh the the big guy john panetti taking out like three goons and then that weird dummy flipping over the bridge and you know (laughs) Uh, the um the monks were very interesting the they have a scene where they're sinking in quicksand which looks a lot like water that they've poured sand over the <laughs> yeah, top of yeah or like some kind of floating sand i don't know it looks as if it's not holding them at all they're at dip- different depths when they're in it um yeah that that was the effects even the practical effects some of them didn't land i mean <laughs> it was very difficult very difficult to enjoy this the um i wish we uh, on a podcast we could show you guys some of these scenes because man you got to see this to believe it it's it's so bad <laughs> Ooh, yeah the um i want to talk about the ending like there is actually a clip on youtube where you can look at it and it's like the best bits of simon says oh really like okay that. there we go just google that yeah <laughs> it's like a compilation just check that you don't have to watch the whole film oh runtime's like 90 minutes it's so long i just feel like <laughs> just feel like after 20 minutes you're just like oh awful um ashton's super weapon of death which is what he calls the uh the weapon the laser he's built terrible name what do you know you're just an interpol agent again he's retired no reason he um he's able to kill the villain ashton and then and this is not how electricity works but electricity overloads the laser and the entire place explodes now, I'm pretty sure that it would just short-circuit and the power would just go out. Yep. You know what I mean? 
just like as if you overloaded a circuit at home but the electricity kind of flies out of his fingers and stuff in like kind of m bison street fighter kind of way <laughs> as if he's shooting the electricity everywhere and it's it's uh it leads to him running and jumping and having the the thing that all action movies have lloyd which is the the explosion jump run and jump yeah dennis rodman gets to have one in the final you know climax of the film and as you mentioned uh it's not a very good effect it's a model that they've built and it's exploded and they've got him standing up afterwards with the cgi yeah fire the cgi fire it it looks better than uh, than infested which is a movie we just reviewed on our youtube channel starring uh, amy joe johnson and i i think i show that on the video like that explosion i'll say simon says at least looks better than that <laughs> it it felt like you wouldn't show this film to someone unless you were torturing them <laughs> you know you're like uh yeah, I know you want to talk about the positives here, Lloyd. I, I just did not enjoy very much at all. How many sittings did film. it take you to get through this? Uh, to be honest, I did pause it, come back to it, and watch the rest of it. So, you know, like all in the same day. But, um, yeah, I had to walk away from it for a little bit. Yeah, and it's mine was sign, about three over a period of two days. Okay. <laughs> really, really spaced it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I had to space it out. Well, I was really busy as well, so I can't blame the film entirely fair enough enough. um i guess for me the plot was the worst thing about it the way he's roped into this whole thing the way he stays in it the way dane cook decides to continue to be in this the fact that the person who's kidnapped doesn't know they're kidnapped they're just freely running around until yeah they actually kidnap her away from her boyfriend the way the boyfriend seems to know kung fu the monks know kung fu I don't know where the the black monk was when the fat monk was on the bridge herding sheep by the yeah, way. Yeah, and it seemed like he did that that wasn't planned. Um no. because uh, Dennis Rodman goes I told you to go back and he goes no I wanted to help. So that whole scene what was beyond Dennis Rodman's control. It was just um John Panetti decided to buy those um sheep and then herd them to that bridge at that exact moment which is yeah (laughs) each terrible plan and each time we see these like villains they uh their whole sequence feels like it's been created to show us how crazy ashton the villain is Mm. the the main villain just so he can go wide-eyed and say things in a high-pitched voice and the only thing he says that adds any motivation to why he's doing any of this is he says something about being from an orphanage um so like as if we're meant to believe because he was an orphan He's doing all this crazy stuff now. Yeah. Unenjoyable, Simon Says. And and look, to be honest, if you want to check out Simon Says, you should check out Simon Says, S-A-Y-S, not S-E-Z. Uh, it's Crispin Glover film Lloyd reviewed on the YouTube channel, which you can find from www.podmeifyoucan.com. Uh, like I said, there's almost 50 up there now, and we've decided to do a special week to uh, lead us towards the 50th episode. <laughs> So, uh, Lloyd, do you want to discuss? We picked an actor. Oh, to, yeah. Um, you, you either love him or hate him. And he's actually, we, we both agree that he's actually a really talented actor, but he's just seemed to have gotten this, uh, I don't know, sort of like what, um, I don't know, he's just got this persona online. Like, uh, I guess somebody um, edited all these crazy bits together and it's just gone viral. But we decided yep, to pick. He's good for a meme, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's become like that, yeah, that character. But I, I think he's actually a very good actor. We decided to do Nicolas Cage for an entire week. <laughs> 
So we'll be launching uh, a week's worth of Nicolas Cage YouTube episodes. So that'll all be obscure films that Nicolas Cage is featured in. Um, we'll be doing that in, I don't know, uh, next week, I'd say, from when this launches. So um, you got to keep your eyes on the YouTube channel. you got to uh, keep yourself on facebook.com slash podme if you can. And, um, yeah, find out which Nicolas Cage films we will be doing. Yeah, if you guys have any more recommendations, such as Simon Says, because Simon Says was a recommendation, uh, we, we only previewed it on Simon Says with Crispin Glover, and somebody saw the video and went, oh, could you guys do that? do a review on that uh, Dennis Rodman movie and we were like oh, let's just do it as a podcast you know but again if you guys have any requests yeah we'd be glad to take a look I feel like if I'd done uh, Simon Says Dennis Rodman version as a video I feel like it would just be me rubbing my eyes and <laughs> five minutes of just pained expressions you know I don't think we could have really unpacked and really just said the things about this film in five minutes <laughs> um, it really has to be an audio podcast for this one but like i said there's clips out there of uh, simon says on youtube and and some terrible terrible compilation ones <laughs> next time on the audio podcast though we're going to delve into dawn of the planet of the apes so um if you can watch that one before the next episode that'd be the thing to do uh lloyd had never seen rise of the planet of the apes yeah i only saw James that recently yeah so he's seen that one he's seen the next one and uh we'll be probably discussing elements of both in uh in the next audio podcast as we head up to episode 100 of pod me if you can uh love to hear your suggestions for what we should do for episode 100 on our facebook page and you can find all the episodes at www.podmeifyoucan.com and lloyd i think that's about it from us yep that's awesome work dave see you guys next time <laughs>